All righty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And it's certainly uh, very unusual to be watching the first round of the Masters during the football season because that's what we have going on. Tiger Woods in contention. A very soft Augusta National Golf Course. So uh, going to look forward to watching that this weekend. And obviously we're looking forward to some Week 10 NFL football starting tonight. Wiz, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing fine. Got the uh, game tonight, uh, so it's a important division game, um, and uh, we'll talk about it and see how it plays out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of other stuff going on too. I think if you're uh, kind of perusing the waiver wires and wondering what situations are going to arise from an injury perspective, there's a few guys on the injured list right now. A guy like Antonio Gibson who came up with a hurt shoulder, so a situation that will have to be watched. Obviously, how that Charger backfield plays out. Uh, I know Daryl Henderson's come out of the bye week. He didn't practice yesterday. What's going to happen with the Bears situation? Certainly looks like David Johnson's not going to be available. So Duke Johnson should certainly be put to use this week. But, you know, a number of different decisions, especially in a week where there's four teams off this week, including one of the, actually two of the best offenses in the NFL, really, when you think about it. Uh, Kansas City's off this week, as are the Jets. So, sorry, the Jets. The Jets are off. Um, I met Kansas City and Atlanta. So you're going to have to find some alternatives this week, but you're certainly going to be dealing with some injuries, and I think everybody's going to have to keep their eyes peeled out as well because the the COVID stuff is increasing, obviously, nationally, and I think the impact on the NFL uh, you know, could be rearing its ugly head once again. Yeah, I think some teams have made the decision not to, you know, to, to not have fans in attendance to go back uh, to um, having some fans to no fans. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to really be careful at this point because uh, it's um, it's going to get worse before it finally gets better. So, uh, so that's, you know, a lot of things to contend with, injuries and the COVID and all of that stuff. It's... Uh, this is getting to the point of the season where it's really uh, the rubber is going to meet the road about uh, about how how just how difficult this gets. Yeah, and it comes at a more critical time, right? Now now we've entered into the bye week, so it's a little bit more challenging from a scheduling perspective to to get out of, you know, if you if you have teams that kind of backlog, uh, missing a couple of games, that, that becomes a challenge. Uh, if you didn't see it, um, I know you did, but uh, for, for our fans out there, uh, the NFL has actually put into place in case they, you know, there's... Uh, you know, lopsidedness in terms of teams missing out of games. There, there's a potential for the NFL to actually have as many as 16 teams total, eight, eight in each conference, make the playoffs. And uh, these are the things the NFL has been thinking all along. Somehow they've gotten this far, uh, but I think the biggest challenges lie ahead. Um, as much control as they've tried to have and, and, and the teams have, have tried to have on, on, on the situations that impact it, it's very difficult to escape at this point in time. I think you know, if you're if you're a Ben Roethlisberger owner, for example, this week, you know, locker next to Vance McDonald, uh, sat on a plane on the way home from him, uh, on, on the way home from the game with him. So, you know, he's a player that he could test positive. We don't know. Uh, he could stay negative, but he's going to be testing every day up until uh, kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is two things, right? One, they're going to go to 16 teams for the playoffs, and they're going to open up an 18th week. Uh, as as well, most likely. So uh, for the regular season, if there have to be any games, uh, push back to that point. So yeah, I mean, you can get really unlucky in this in, in fantasy football because uh, look, the fantasy football playoffs so weeks fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, and uh, 
you may have, you know, whatever. Like for me, I have um, Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill and other leagues. I got Clyde Edwards Alaire and, and, or, you know, in a different situation, you could have players on the same team. And in a fantasy football playoff game, uh, that game gets postponed. You're, you're messed up because if it happened in week four, like what happened with the Titans and the Steelers, you know, you move it back to a different week and it's still, the game still takes place. So you don't lose the stats from those players. You'll, you'll still get those stats, but you could very well be in a fantasy football playoff game and a, a postponement of a game could really make a difference. So just something to think about down the road. So let me ask you this question. You know, I know we've done some things in, in, in a few of our leagues. There are some leagues which which obviously do not charge. You don't have to pay anything to make moves. You, you make moves pretty liberally as far as waiver wire moves. But in, in leagues where you're constricted in terms of the amount of money that you can spend, are there, I mean, to, to add money at this point in time is a bit of a challenge. But is there a situation where you could see that being a possibility for some leagues where they just look at the situation and, and things are starting to get out of hand? Look, we, we've all we all want to be competitive. We don't want people taking zeros. But at the same time, I, I guess you had to manage that as the season went on. But, you know, what's your thought around that? Is, is it something that you can't turn your back on? Does it does it stay in the situation that it is or? You know, is it something that that maybe leagues should start thinking about at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's two things. One is you do not want, you know, ideally in a situation a team to have, um, you know, a competitive disadvantage where they don't have the ability to do something. But on the other side of that is if you have one team who's thought about that and he or she did not put moves in uh, in, in, in the earlier weeks or did not go crazy for a player thinking that they needed to save their money down the road, it's kind of unfair then to tack on move money to every other team when one team was wise and held on to their money for this type of situation other teams spent, and then you're going to allow them to go get those players that they did, and then on, the, on top of that, give them more money. The, you know, so it's kind of difficult. You don't want to have a competitive imbalance. I mean, the one thing that could, you know, you could do in a situation like this that could be a happy medium is you could allow your league to make trades for move money or a guy can make a trade and get move money for a player. Uh, but to just tack on move money for all the teams in the league isn't necessarily fair for the team that's thought about it and didn't necessarily go aggressively for other players, uh, knowing that there could be situations like this down the road that they would have to hold on money for. So it's kind of a tricky situation, uh, you know, a balance to try and uh, tightrope, if you will, to walk. But, um, you know, the, you got you to gotta kind of look at each league and, uh, and try and do what's, what's in the best interest of the league, I think. It definitely is something that's a, a bit trickier, but I, but I understand your point about not you know, not not you don't want to hurt the person that's actually been a little bit smarter about the way they've handled their money. So it's a tricky situation for sure. But let's hope. Let's just, like I said, let's hope we don't have to deal with it. But you know, I think it's becoming more and more interesting. I don't know if you saw this, Wiz. Did you see this thing that they're doing up in Connecticut? Um, not to get completely off topic, but you know, we've talked about the bubble in the NFL, but. College basketball is actually going to do a, a mini bubble to start the season uh, at Mohegan Sun, it seems like, uh, with a bunch of 
uh, something like 40 teams that are going to be in attendance. I'm not sure it's a great idea having that many kids together, but but they're basically going to go to some kind of bubble format to start their season. Yeah, I think I think you want to try and contact the people that came up with the idea in the NBA and what they did, and kind of use that as the you know prototype template, if you will, uh, you know, the template for, for going forward because the NBA was brilliant and, and, and what they ever did. Now they have a lot more resources behind them uh, to able to accomplish that, but the premise is good. The idea is good. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the idea is good. I'm just not sure, uh, like you said, that many teams, that many kids um, it's going to work out, but, but I, but I like the idea. All right, so let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, so as you mentioned, big division game. Um, I have actually some very strong feelings about this game. You know, both from a from a betting perspective and from a prop perspective. Uh, but it is a super important game uh, on the schedule. These two teams are battling for supremacy in this division. You know, we both think that one of these two teams is going to come away with this division. Uh, you know. I think the the one concern that I really have around the Indianapolis Colts is, is that offense and, and, and the ineffectiveness of it uh, and the inconsistencies surrounding it. I think we kind of know what we're going to get from that Tennessee offense. Uh, you know, how do you see this game playing out? Let's let, let's talk about that first. Um, is there someone that you're, you, you, when you look at the money line, is there someone that you're favoring here? Uh, you know, what's kind of your view on the, on, on the ball game tonight? The line is, is, is one of the strangest lines I've seen in a long, long time. Um, so a few weeks ago, the Titans played at home against the Pittsburgh and the Titans were a small favorite at home um, over the Steelers. Um, and now they're at home against the Colts and the line has gone from the Titans two and a half. And I looked a little while ago and now believe it or not, the Colts or about a one-point favorite on some of these sites. So the, the line is just coming and streaming on the Colts, and people are betting the Colts, like, honestly, they have tomorrow's newspaper already. Um, so I don't really know. I don't have a feel for the game as far as who I love. I mean, maybe you do. We didn't talk at all about the game, so it sounds like maybe you you have an opinion on it. I don't know, but the, the line is extremely odd to me. This is the type of game where the Titans should be a rock-solid three-point favorite. The line shouldn't be budging off that really either way. I have no idea how this has gone to where the Colts are favorite. It's almost like people are so sure the Colts are going to go in there and win this game, but uh, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't have a strong view on this game. I like the Colts in the beginning of the year to be the better team. Um, at this point, I'm not so sure they're the better team, and they're on the road. I have no idea why the line is as such. So tell us what's your view. Uh, is this something you have a strong opinion on? Yeah, so the, the line itself, I've been watching it, like you said, and I've, I've, I've been very uh, shocked at what's been transpiring there because I, I actually – I'm I'm not going to bet the line uh, over. Uh, sorry, the uh, the favorite or underdog in this game. Uh, I'm actually looking more at the under and over, uh, but but I am very suspect because I came into this week absolutely loving the Tennessee Titans in this particular game, and the fact that that line has done what is done uh, has, has has scared me off. Because um, I don't think that the, the the Colts are playing very well. Philip Rivers. 
you know, looks like he's on his last legs, quite frankly. Um, he just cannot get the ball down the field. They're going to come into this game really not being effective as a running team right now. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's going to try to make it back from an injury. But watching that game last week, throwing to the other receivers, I mean, Phillip Rivers threw some absolutely horrendous footballs last, last week. You know, we saw a lot of that last year. Um, so I'm not super super confident in the player and you know he's going to be missing one of his tight ends Jack Doyle's not going to play in this ball game so I don't I don't really like the Colts in the game but I'm unbelievably suspicious of how that line has moved around as well so what I do absolutely love in this game because I think the one thing that usually takes place with the Tennessee Titans and especially at home and we saw this during the playoffs and we've seen it in a few games this year they are usually able to dictate how they want the game to go and generally speaking that's a game where they want to pound it a little bit play action and, and score off of that in the passing game uh, you know on some of the slant plays you know Corey Davis has been a pretty consistent second receiver for for the Titans as well um look I think Derrick Henry's going to get the football a lot despite the fact that the Colts have a great offense and despite the fact that he did touch the ball I think 21 or 22 times this past week but I, I see a lot of ground and pound here I see the Titans dictating the way the game gets played and I really love the under at 48 and a half more than anything tonight. So that is my strong feeling about the particular game. It's on a Thursday night. You know, I have a feeling about Thursday games. And as we kind of move along during the season, when you start having division opponents playing one another, they know each other a little bit better from a preparation standpoint. It's There's not as much that goes into it. But I think this is one of those kind of ugly Thursday night games where I'm looking at like a 23 you know, 16, 23-17 type game. And the under over-under is 48.5 currently. I like the under in this football game. I would have told you I would have liked Tennessee in the under, but that line scares me too much. I'm just more confident in the under part of it. Yeah, the whole thing looks strange to me. The, the money going on the Colts, like I said, like people know they're going to win the game. Uh, that's strange to me. The total seems high to me as well. Uh I thought this would be a game that would be more like 43 and a half, 44 and a half. I don't know, 48 and a half. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a feel for this game. Um, when it comes to the Colts, they're the most unpredictable team in the NFL. I mean, they, they, they really can bring their A game and, 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 and roll it up and be a very, very good team. Uh, or they can play sloppy football and make mistakes and, and do what they did last week and, and kind of fall apart. Um, so I don't have a feel for the game. I mean, the under I could see. Uh, I personally just wouldn't play any of this stuff because, you know, if it's an ugly game from Rivers, you know, and he gives the Titans good field position, you know, even though uh, the Titans' offense may not go crazy in the game, if they have a short field a few times, maybe they could put up some points. But I don't have any – I definitely don't have a feel um, for it. So I guess um, let's talk about some DraftKings stuff, some player props, anything that stood out to you on either team. And by the way, the Colts have got to be one of the most – Difficult teams, I think, to try and play player props with because you're just not quite sure the play usage and running back and wide receiver. They use a lot of guys, a lot of inconsistency. Anyone in this game tonight from a player prop, DraftKings perspective, they 
you want to put in there tonight? Yeah, so because I like the under, I'm, I'm going to fade both quarterbacks in terms of their yardage passing tonight. Um, I, that that's that would be one play I like. I don't see. I, I did not see anything. Maybe they changed it. Yeah, it looks like. Actually, Molly Cox is not in there, but I like the two to- Colt tight ends. So if you're playing on DraftKings tonight, I think they're both going to be effective in this game. Both Burton and and Molly Cox. There's no, like I said, there's no Jack Doyle in the game. I like Derrick Henry's yardage over tonight. Uh, you know, I'm just predicating everything around my my views on the game based on how I think the game flow is going to go. And I'd say Naheem Hines receiving yards is something I like. I think Philip Rivers just cannot get the ball down the field. I agree with you in that this is one of the most difficult teams to predict on what they're going to do. Uh, But I think this will be a low-scoring affair because Rivers can't get the ball off. It's going to be dump-offs to the tight end and Hines. And I just think this is going to be a pound Derrick Henry game. So that's kind of the views I have around player props. So I like Derrick Henry's uh, rushing yards right now are sitting at 79.5. I like that. The passing yards under Ryan Tannehill is right now at 243 and a half. Last week I shorted Tannehill as well. It was at 250. That's 243 and a half for this one. And the under for Philip Rivers is 265 and a half. I probably have a little bit more confidence in that one. And as far as the receiving yards go, for Trey Burton it's over 24 and a half and for Naheem Hines it's over 25 and a half yards receiving in this ball game. So those are the, the prop bets that I would be looking to add on for tonight's game. So the first thing I'll have to say is Trey Burton should fire his agent and hire you. I've never seen somebody with such unwavering loyalty towards a player who puts up dud after dud after dud like you and this Trey Burton. But actually, for this game tonight, I kind of like Trey Burton. I'm kind of with you. Uh, I just know we made a trade in a league with a partner, so we actually just traded Trey Burton. So actually, uh, the way that league is going, it wouldn't be surprising after we traded him if he has his best game of the year tonight. Um, even though actually one game he had two touchdowns when we when we started them. Um, but yeah, I could see Trey Burton doing something in the game. The one guy who played well against the Titans last year, I, I, you know, I watched the games from last year and I looked up the stats from the games last year as well. But it's difficult to com- think about last year and this year because Jacoby Brissett was quarterbacking for the Colts and the first game that they played, Mariota was quarterbacking for the Titans. So it's kind of a, you know, so you can't really look at last year and then try and think some of this stuff is going to carry over to this year. But Jordan Wilkins happened to play well in both games last year. So I'm going to use Jordan Wilkins, sprinkle him in there, line up as one of these guys that are low salary guys and trade Burton as well. Um, from the Colts, and then and then load them up with you know the 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 short things, you know the Derrick Henrys, uh, you know maybe some AJ Brown as well. Um, do you have a view on any of the Colt wide receivers, and if so, which ones? Because this to me is a situation that's completely uh, something to avoid in fantasy and DraftKings and all of this stuff because it's almost impossible. Uh, Pittman's back. T.Y. Hilton's back. Pittman played last, last couple of weeks, but now I guess he'll, he'll he's you know back a few games. T.Y. Hilton is back off an injury, I think. Uh, you know, Johnson. Do you like any of those Colt receivers in this game? I don't trust T.Y. Hilton as far as I can throw him at this point in time. He's He's been a player that 
has just frustrated the hell out of me. So playing him in a game like this and coming back from an injury, that's that's going to be a no for me. You know, the two guys that are on the were on the field the most last week, basically in two wide receiver sets, were Michael Pittman and Marcus Johnson. They were actually each targeted more than anybody else. Pittman managed to catch four balls. I unfortunately started Marcus Johnson in one league. They threw it to him eight times, but you know, Philip Rivers. Uh, he looked like, uh, I, I don't know what he looked like on some of the pass attempts. There was some miscommunication on some of the on some of the routes that were being run. And Marcus Johnson should have had a short, short touchdown on one ball. So it was either a mistake by Rivers or, or, or Johnson on the ball. But nonetheless, he had a short touchdown. It was a lousy throw. It was short arm the whole bit. So I, I'm going to say this. I think Michael Pittman, and not, I'm not speaking because I really like the player, but he was also targeted seven times in the game. He made a couple of really good catches. Um, but I'm going to say if I'm going to go with anybody in the ball game tonight, it's going to be Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, to be the guy that's the beneficiary of anything that's thrown to the receivers tonight. I like Pittman Jr. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a strange thing because, you know, thinking about Pittman, he's a talented young receiver, and T.Y. Hilton's been the <clears throat> number one guy for years now. And then, you know, Johnson, you know, has had some games where he's done something. And then all of a sudden, that Zach Pasquale gets in there and he uh, and he does something. It's just it's just a situation to me that, uh, you know, it's completely – you have to avoid it. And hopefully you're not in a situation where you have to try and guess and, uh, and start any of those receivers. So you're kind of like – Focusing on fading unders tonight, and as far as DraftKings go, you would recommend maybe the tight ends for the Colts and then load them up with, like, uh, you know, the Derrick Henrys and the more, uh, I guess, the guys that are figured to do something in this game. Is that yeah. the plan of attack? That playing is, the showdown on DraftKings the Thursday night game? That is my plan of attack. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, you talk about the wide receiver core being difficult to predict uh, for the Colts. How about this? Last week, Naheem Hines, 34% of the snaps. Jordan Wilkins, 34% of the snaps. And Jonathan Taylor, 31% of the snaps. You know, I own Jonathan Taylor in a couple of leagues, and I the last two weeks I've just stopped starting him. You know, I have the benefit of having some depth on both of those rosters where I own him. But my confidence level, given what I thought the direction was going in and where it is right now, they're two completely different things. So I'm going to have to be shown before I'm able to kind of put them out there. Uh, you know, especially these are leagues where you're starting 10 guys uh, as opposed to, say, 11, 12, you know, or more. Uh, but in, in, in leagues where you're starting 9 or 10, it's kind of hard to commit to Jonathan Taylor right now uh, given the player's usage. Yeah, I mean, the, the Taylor thing was I think they were, like, ready to say, okay, let's see what he can do and. He had an early touchdown, and then he was playing, and then he had that fumble on the sideline, and uh, and um, and they you know was, they scooped it and scored over the touchdown. That was the play with Philip Rivers uh, uh, was backpedaling. It was kind of a funny, funny play. Uh, but yeah, I think you know then they kind of like bench Taylor. So it's it's anyone's guess. Um, you know what what is going to happen? It's difficult to. Um, you know, uh, hone in on any of those guys and say they're going to get the yards or they're going to get the bulk of the carries. But, um, you know, I have Wilkins and Taylor, and it, it's a real headache to try and figure this out. And in some leagues, I'm going to have to make a decision. In another league, I'm just going to bench both players and and uh, and go with other, you know my other guys. So it's uh, 
it, it, it's really become a headache. But, you know, look, all it takes is one big game uh, from Taylor to maybe reestablish himself, and who knows if that'll happen tonight. We'll have to, we'll have to see. But uh, I'm just going to watch this, and there'll be fantasy football uh, implications for me. But you uh, seem to um, strong view on the under and some of the uh, unders as far as player props as well. I guess that's the best way to describe how we're looking at this game tonight, right? Yep, that would be correct. And there, are, there is some news coming across the wire for everybody. Uh, so David Johnson did remain sidelined for Thursday's practice. And as I, as I said in the beginning, I don't think he's going to play. So you can rev up Duke Johnson in this particular game uh, against his former team, the Cleveland Browns. And Antonio Gibson returned to a full practice. No issues, no concerns, said Ron Rivera. So... That's good news and a good matchup against the Lions. Uh, obviously, McKissick is spending some time in the field, and, and depending on how game flow goes, you know, certainly when they're playing from behind, McKissick is a big beneficiary of that. So, nonetheless, those, that's a couple of breaking stories here. But I'm excited to watch the rest of the Masters. I don't know if they're going to be able to finish because they're kind of up against it with uh, sundown being around 520 um, in the evening, but excited to be watching some Masters golf and leading into some football. So, you know, it's interesting, too. I don't know if you saw this. On this Sunday coming up, I believe it's the most 4 o'clock games that we've seen in the NFL. I'm probably thinking it's by design, the NFL figuring that people are going to be watching the Masters. And there are six 4 o'clock games this week. And my view is that that the reason for that is they they probably wanted to balance out uh, going against the Masters. Okay, so is the, the NFL schedule was made after they canceled the Masters and rescheduled the Masters? Is that what happened? I think they may have moved a few games to to, to four o'clock because we never, we rarely see six games. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it. I guess it. I guess it could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I just. Oh, yeah, I don't know for a fact that that's true. But you know, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Interesting. Alrighty, so that's uh, that's it for Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I don't have anything more to add on this uh, on this particular game. So enjoy the the game tonight as we open up week number ten. Uh, good luck to everybody. Wiz, enjoy the golf this afternoon, and uh, we will come back either late tomorrow or early on Saturday um, with our previews for the upcoming week for all the other games. Have a good one, Wiz. You got it. You too.